speaking for as long as normal, so you're okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, what is that? Come on. You just want cake, don't you? That's what it is. It's one of those things, hey, I was like, Lord, what do you want me to share today? Like, what is, what do you want me to share? And it's just, there's, there's so many things you could share. There really is so much that you could share. There's really so much that you could say. Um, but, you know, I just couldn't get past this, this phrase all week, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. You know, today, today we celebrate a marriage, and that is Ollie and Wendy. We could call him Wayne for a while. No, we won't call him Wayne. Okay, we'll call him Ollie. We will have to call him Wayne at some part in the ceremony. But they wanted it this way because the fact that they're amongst spiritual family, they're amongst brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to talk about family in a minute, but first I want to talk about Jesus because Jesus is the one that makes us family. Amen? He's the one that makes us family. You know, um, but this, the phrase, come to Jesus, is a phrase, come, that has echoed down throughout the ages. Come. Hasn't changed. We come, we come to God. We come to Him, we come to Jesus. There's some verses in Scripture that talk about coming. For example, uh, Isaiah 55 says, Come, everyone who is thirsty, come to the water and you will buy without silver. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without silver and without cost. Why do you spend silver on what is not food and, and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good and you will enjoy the choices of foods. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so that you may live. You know, we live in a society nowadays that we try and you know, we fill our lives up with all kinds of stuff, but in the end, it all breaks down. Furniture breaks down, possessions break down, sometimes even relationships uh, break down, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and we try and fill our lives with all this kind of stuff, when in fact, the Word of God says in Isaiah 55 that we're to come to Him, because He's the one that will never fail us. We read in Matthew 11, you know, uh, Jesus was saying, come. He says, all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, this, you know, those that are carrying things upon your shoulders that you don't have to be carrying, you know, everybody come and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When, when Jesus was walking on the water in Matthew 14, he was out there on the water and, you know, and Peter's, Peter's the one that's daring enough. And he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus just says, come. Come. And he was Peter jumping out of the boat, walking on water. Even to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2, he, he, he said, come. He acknowledged all the good things that they were doing, but he said, you've, you've lost your first love. So come. Come back to me. Come back to your first love and do the things you do at first. And in a marriage, sometimes you have to work on some things, hey? Sometimes you've got to work on some things, you know? It's really easy for the, for the world and, and for, for issues and life and stuff to get in the way. And so sometimes we just need to be reminded that our spouse is our first love in the natural. 
And in the same way, we can fill our lives and we can get all busy doing stuff for Jesus. And before we know it, we've kind of walked away from that place of intimacy and first love. And so he said to them, calm, return to your first love. Amen. This calm is not merely a calm to receive information about. This is a calm to him, to know him. It is about intimacy. It is about relationship. Amen. It's about a revelation that brings transformation. And every single one of us here today that has come before the foot of the cross, that has given ourselves to Jesus, you know, we, we came from different backgrounds, didn't we? Some here today came off the streets, literally. Some here today came from drugs and alcohol and, you know, abuse. Some people came from, from a good home. But that's what it was. Some people, like myself, I was brought up in church, but I still had to make a decision to follow Jesus. I still had to say, just because I was brought up in church didn't mean that I was walking with Jesus. I still had to come to a point of going, God, I need to know you. Jesus, I need to know you for myself. Amen? So we're all, those that have you know, given our lives to the Lord, those that have responded to his call, we've all come from different places. But the truth is that as we submit ourselves to him, that he changes us from glory to glory. He transforms us from the inside out. You cannot, you know, what I was saying before, that you, that you become what you behold. If you spend time with certain people, you will start to pick up their mannerisms, true or not? For good or not so good. Sometimes you're spending time with people and you go, oh man, I need to kind of not do that. Yeah? Maybe in the workplace or whatever the case may be. But it's true. If you hang around with people long enough, part of them starts to rub off on you. And it's exactly the same with Jesus, except he changes you from the inside out. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can praise Jesus. You know, think about the biblical example. And we could turn to so many examples in Scripture, it's not funny. But I was thinking yesterday as I was just sitting in my lounge room just praying for a while, about the woman at the well who'd be married again and again and again and the person that she was with she wasn't even married to and Jesus crossed all kinds of boundaries to go and chat with this lady and Jesus had a word of knowledge and we're so thankful that we believe in the gifts of the spirit in this, in this house amen that we believe in miracles, healing, signs and wonders, prophecy, words of knowledge, all that kind of stuff. Jesus had a word of knowledge because he knew everything about her. And that undid her. And her life was transformed. And this is what she said. She went running into town. And she told the people... Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could, could, this, could he be the Messiah? Something was happening in her heart. Something ha was happening in her life. And she had to just start going and tell people that she, that she just encountered the one who knew everything about her. And yet he loved her. He didn't ostracize her. He didn't kick her out. He didn't cast her away. He loved her. And her life was changed in that moment. And what an evangelist that she became. Because we read, if we turn over, we read um, in verse 39, Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. 
So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many, many more believed because of what he said. And they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that he really is the saviour of the world. You see, she, she, she encountered Jesus. And not only was, was her life changed, but what happens when you start, you know, getting excited about something, you start to tell other people, amen? And isn't that a bit like first love? You know, when you're like, I mean, Ollie and Wendy at the marriage rehearsal on Friday, they were like two teenagers. <laughs> but isn't that, that excitement? And this is exactly what happened. Her life was transformed, but from the very fact that she just went, well, I don't really care, this is what's happening in me. I need to tell you, other people's lives were transformed as well. That's natural evangelism. It's, it's the presence of God moving in and through someone. Amen? That's how it should be. This come is not just a... And you know, this, this come to Jesus is not just a once-off thing. Yes, we come to Him for, for salvation, but for eternal life. But you know what? We just, we just need to keep coming to Him. Because Jesus wants us to know Him in all His fullness. And if we took the time today, and I won't because then I'd take too long, we could go through the different names through which God appeared and revealed Himself. He wants us to know Him. When you're in a place of desperation where you don't have the money to pay the bills, He wants you to know Him as, as, as your provider. When you've got a sickness that's coming upon you and you cry out to Him, He wants you to know Him as your healer. And he wants us to come to him again and again and again and again. He, he, he changes us. It doesn't stop. I'm still in my lounge room at times, calling out to God, saying, God, I need you in this area. God, I need more of you. We come to Jesus, but we come to him again and again and again. Amen. Because he is Lord, he is King, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. He is the healer, he is the restorer, he is the deliverer, he is the reconciler. We could just keep going on and on and on. Nothing is too hard for our God. In fact, He moves mountains. I love that, the bridge of that song, Do It Again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe you're going to do it again. He moves mountains, hey. So what stops us from coming? And I'm not just talking about coming for salvation, although that is of primary importance. But what stops us from coming to Him again and again? Have a think. What stops you? Sometimes it's pride, isn't it? Maybe a lot of the time it's pride. Independence. I can do it. I'll get through this. She'll be right, mate. Sometimes it's hurt. Sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it's experiences where we've experienced something, even through a bunch of religious people. Praise God that we're into relationship, not religion. We're into Jesus. But sometimes, you know what? It's hurt, it's bad experiences that can stop us, yeah? Sometimes it's the busyness of life. We just get so busy that we just do, 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 and we just 
Don't even think about it. I was thinking about, I'm, I'm getting near the end, it's all good. I was thinking about the parable of the great banquet. In Luke chapter 14, if you want to read it later. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to them, Blessed is the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. See, we're born again into the kingdom of God. Amen. Then he told him, A man giving a large banquet, which can also be translated a table of fellowship. He invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, come because everything is ready. Isn't that what Jesus says to us? Come. Come to the table of fellowship. Come to my table. Table of my fellowship. For everything is ready. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. These are some of them, hey. The first one said to him, I've bought a field and I must go out and see it. I always thought when I read that, who on earth would buy a field without seeing it? But then I realized that nowadays there's bunches of people moving from Victoria and New South Wales into Queensland and they're buying homes without even seeing them. So I suppose it happens. You did? Has it worked out all right? Amen. Oh, good. But, you know, sometimes our possessions, our material possessions and stuff gets in the way. Another one said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Maybe you bought a new car. Or I guess a yoke of oxen, maybe a tractor. You buy a tractor and you're going to go test it out. Another one said, I just got married. And therefore, I'm unable to come. But you see, nothing should get in the way. Not possessions, not work, not business. It's like, well, if you just got married, bring your spouse with you. If you've got a family, get together, bring the whole family with you. Nothing should get in the way of when Jesus says, come. So the servant came back and reported these things to his master. The master said, because obviously they weren't responding, he said, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the city and bring in the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. You know what happens? Sometimes, you know, what we go, oh, I'll just put it off till later, Jesus. I'll just put it off till later. These people were desperate. The poor, the blind, the lame. They were in a place of desperation. And guess what happens when you're in a place of des desperation? That's when you'll cry out. So Jesus, you know, but his prayer is that we wouldn't get to that place of desperation. Sometimes we, we may have to. So anyway, there was still room, and he says this, and the master told the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and make them come into my household so that it will be full. It's interesting, isn't it? We think about the fact that We come to the table of fellowship. That the Lord's heart is that his household would, would be full. Amen. See, it's about family. It always has been. It's about family. When we're born again, we're born, in, we're born again into the family of God. And we celebrate 
what the Lord has been doing in Ollie's life and Wendy's life today as part of the family. It's not about tick and flick boxes. It's not about, I've, I've been a good person this week and I've ticked this box and I've ticked this box and I've ticked, ticked this box. But it's about our relationship with Jesus Christ that matters. The good things will flow out of that. The helping people, the loving people, the praying, the desire to do stepping into stuff will come out of that. But we've got to get the order right. It has to be Jesus first. Our first ministry is to Him, amen? And then out of them, we minister to one another. We minister to our family. You know, and the Lord is wanting to get the attention of the church in Australia that we would manifest what it really means to be family. That it's not like I go to church on a Sunday, but I am part of the church. I'm part of the household. I'm, I am one with my brothers and sisters. He's wanting to re- for us today to rediscover what it means to be the family of God here in Bundaberg. And that goes beyond denomination. It goes beyond boundaries. It goes beyond walls because we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? And I believe we need a full restoration of family. And the Lord's trying to get our attention in this way. So I want to close with this thought before we get this next part underway. When you come to Jesus, He receives you as you are. But He never wants to leave you that way. He changes you. He wants to exchange something with you. And I felt when I was praying in my lounge room yesterday that there were some people here today that He wants to exchange some things with you. He wants you to give Him what you are carrying and He's going to give you something else in return. Yep. If you're carrying stuff like discouragement or fear, you need to give that to Jesus because He, because he wants to give you hope and he, and he wants to give you joy. If you're carrying hurt and you're carrying pain from the past, you, you need to give that to Jesus because He wants you to know the fullness of His love. If the enemy's been trying to shame you from your past, Jesus says, I want you to give me that shame because I want you to know that you are loved, accepted, and secure in me. Whatever you're carrying today, he wants you to give it to him because he wants to exchange it for something else. And that means letting go of it. In Isaiah 61, this is what Jesus, this is part of Jesus' ministry. He said, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. To proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This is what he goes on to say. This is the exchange bit, hey. To provide for those who mourn in Zion and to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. See, there's an exchange. To give them oil of gladness instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. He wants to exchange with you today. What is the Lord talking to you about today? That you would give to Him and you would receive the exchange from Him. So Lord, we just thank you today.
that that call still echoes. Come. Come, for everything is ready. Lord, I recognize in your presence today that each one of us has been on a journey. Each one of us has experienced stuff that's not good, but we thank you today that you are good. Lord, may anything that would filter that and cause us to doubt that be removed, that we would know that you are a good father. That is who you are. And that, Jesus, that you have made the way for us to come. And that, Holy Spirit, that you are with us and present amongst us. That we can enjoy the fellowship with you and with one another. So where there's fear, let it be removed. And let your love come in. Because it's your perfect love that casts out all fear. Where there's discouragement or tiredness or weariness that have set in, let that be exchanged for hope, a confidence and assurance that what you said you would do, that you finish what you start. Lord, where there's hurt and where there's pain, where there's been trauma, that you would heal, that you would release your healing balm, your, your healing oil to heal spirit. Soul, body, in Jesus' name. And we thank you that we can all come to the table of fellowship and we can partake of the banquet that you have set before us. And Lord, as we are mindful of that celebration, that as one person gives their life to you, there is a party that goes on in heaven, that you are a God of celebration and that we are looking forward to the return of Jesus and the ultimate marriage. with the bride of Christ. We thank you that we can celebrate because you are good. Amen. This is kind of weird because I'm feeling like the Holy Spirit wants to do some ministry, but we're about to have a wedding. <laughs> Show. <laughs> Can I encourage you that, oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> can I encourage you that if you, oh man, <laughs> can I encourage you that if you need prayer for anything, don't leave this place without finding someone that will pray with you, that will stand with you to see breakthrough and healing and release in Jesus' name. Find someone that will walk with you over this next week or two. Say, will you walk with me in this? Will you help me in this? We are blessed with so many people that will just walk with people. Amen. We're going to get into the wedding right now, but I just, I, just, I just feel it in my spirit. There are some people today that, you know, the Lord just wants to do a deep exchange in your heart and in your life, and I can't stress that enough. Is that all right? Amen. And if you don't know, oh, I put a muscle in my back for some reason. Um, and if you don't know Jesus, today's a great time to, to get to know him. Absolutely. Comes the kids.